It's the Score North Twin Show. We might have some good news here, gentlemen. Might have some good news here. I don't know if you saw this. So the Twins played a game yesterday. Mm-hmm. They beat up on the Oakland A's again. Twins are headed toward, if they sweep, so what do they got here? They got, uh, is it four more games? Are they playing? Right. No, they yep. have an, yeah, they play it one more today, and then they Colorado. And then three against Colorado. In Colorado. If they win all four of those, we're talking 89 wins. Well, that's respectable enough. Had a great month. But earlier in the day yesterday, there was a simulated game played at Target Field, which is basically, I don't know, they just simulate different situations for Royce Lewis testing out that hamstring. Royce Lewis, in an empty Target Field several hours before fans are let in, mm-hmm. hit a bomb into the left field bleachers in a simulated game. And this is what he said to the Star Tribune. I feel really good at the plate. It was just good for me, honestly, to know that I can still see the ball. We faced some really good pitchers on Wednesday. I don't know who they ran out at him, but they, it was like he was facing like actual pitching. That's always a good sign when you can see their sliders, change-ups, curveballs, whatever they're throwing, and still feel confident up there. He connected with a fastball and drove it into the empty left field bleachers, a home run that didn't count on the scoreboard but could have big implications for the postseason. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's great mm-hmm. news. That's great news. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So I think he's going to give it a go. He's going to give it a go. Yeah, I think he's going to DH. I, I think he's going to DH. I think Buxton's not going to be, although they're trying to tease that Buxton could now play center. I have a hard time believing Buxton's going to be put into center for the first time in a big league game, in, in how long, in a playoff game. So, But, yes, I think Royce is going to DH. I think he's not going to play third base. But you know what? I want his bat. I want him and his bat in there. So anything Royce can give you, uh, provided he doesn't, you know, do something horrific to the hamstring, but anything that he can give you is absolutely a huge plus. Yeah. So, so on the on the Buxton front, let's we should just you know what we should do here. We should just go through because there's a lot of newsy stuff here. So we get the Royce Lewis thing. Sure. There's a Buxton nugget. We know who the first two pitchers in order are going to be in that rotation. We'll get to an immaculate grid here, but. Um, Byron Buxton, so he he played two games for the Saints, September 21st, September 24th, in his second attempt at coming back here to finish out the season. He was he was one for eight with a few strikeouts, just but he was out there DHing. Do you think they're really gonna? Because they they are they're leaving this door open, and they continue to sort of leave the the center field door open as well. Unless Michael Taylor's hurt, which he's been out there, right? Like, I don't know how you can, you can't justify trying the center field thing for the first time all year in a playoff game, right? No, I think that'd be a huge mistake. Um, and, and again, I think if you have Buxton active, especially in the first round, and there's question marks, there's going to be a temptation to use him. Here, here's my opinion of late. You know, Provided that Lewis and Correa can come back and and be fine or at least a semblance of who they have been, especially with Correa, not necessarily at the plate, but at shortstop, um, I don't think there's a need to bring Buxton. Like, like it, it would feel sort of panicked and rushed if you were slumping, right? And and center field was a gong show. You know, let, let's say it's uh, 
three years ago, and Max Kepler is playing there, and he's just a superior right fielder, but you're trying to shoehorn him in at center, and now Buxton could possibly come back. I can sort of get that panic. But I'm with you. Michael A. Taylor has done everything you have asked. He's hit for power. He's he's not great at the plate, but he's not a complete disaster. And in center yeah. field, he's been really good. So, yeah, I just don't – I don't see the need to make what would feel like a panic move for a team that's playing well. Um, And the other thing too is, you know, Buxton was out in center field for a game against or a game for the saints the next night or two nights after he tried to DH and the knee flared up. Why do you really, you know, do you really think that the knee's fine now? So yes, I, I think it would be, I think it would actually present more problems to try to get Buxton in than it would be to say, Let's roll with what we've been doing because what we've been doing has been working. Yeah. And also on the Michael A. Taylor front. So of the there's been 16 qualified center fielders this year. So guys who've played enough in center field to qualify. You know, he's seventh in defensive run saved. He's an above average defensive center fielder. And he's had few he's had like 300 fewer innings than some of the guys in front of him because they don't necessarily use him for entire games and sometimes they sit him. Uh, so, you know, we're talking about a, a well above average. If I, let me describe this to you right now, do you think, and he's, he's very close to 30 now, isn't he? Byron Buxton, is he 29? Going to turn 30 years yes, old. He's 29. So right, he's, he's no longer like a 25 year old cheetah here. Okay. Like right. when's the last time you saw him full on well, sprinting in a game? He's got a bad Not knee this so. year. Mm. Yeah. With knee problems, Arth- you know, arthritis or whatever whatever condition it is. If I said to you, hey, uh, the Twins can put out in the playoffs, they can put out an above-average defensive center fielder who had 20-plus home runs, he can definitely hit a home run in a game, and and you can just stick him out there and not worry about it. Would you take that, or would you be like, ah, I don't know, I need to see what's with all the rest of the things they have, or would you like be curious about door number two? I just don't know that door number two, it's not what it was three years ago. You know, and what's the percent chance that it, that it is? I just run Michael Taylor out there. This team is better as constructed without Byron Buxton in the lineup. And I know Buxton's hurt. Yes, at the peak powers, Byron Buxton is a game-changing MLB player. But we talk about this team making a run with a great pitching staff and a really now interesting bullpen and a young core of players who are doing things with rookies we haven't seen in a while, all without Byron Buxton. There's no reason to shoehorn Byron Buxton into this equation if you know what you're getting with Michael A. Taylor in center field. And it's even more bizarre that literally we're talking about Andrew Stevenson having more merit on a roster for the playoffs than Byron Buxton. Imagine that in April, if we talk about going back, you just gave a scenario of, hey, we'll give you a center fielder with 20 home runs. Imagine the Twins have clinched the AL Central. They have a legit shot to maybe even make some noise. And we're actually talking about Andrew Stevenson having a more worthy spot on the playoff roster than Byron Buxton. And you kind of saw it last night in the eighth inning, right? Yeah, Stevenson comes in. He scores. He scored from first base on that double yep, by, by Trevor Larnick, right? Correct. And it's the A's. I get it. But the principle is the same. Hey, and, and I think Bramer even brought it up on the broadcast saying this is, this is a scenario that could easily happen in the postseason where Andrew Stevenson mm-hmm. comes in to pinch run for Matt Walner or something and someone hits a ball down the line. Can he score from first base? And last night he did. Stevenson, to me, is a better choice because there's no confusion with his role, too. Like, he's a bench guy. 
he's going to pinch run. Perhaps it, in, in a pinch, he can go in defensively as a replacement if uh, if Taylor pulls something. But there's no confusion there. That's the thing is I don't want to provide – Buxton's presence is going to provide confusion from Rocco on down. Rocco is going to think, what should I do? Should I try to DH him? Should I try to – you know, if, if Royce Lewis is going to DH, which looks like a probability, should I try to play him? Yeah. Um, and and here's the sad thing too, but this is a fact. Stevenson as a late game pinch runner is a complete known. Byron Buxton at this point has a bad knee. Yeah. So like, can he go all out? Probably not. So yeah, I just I think that there is a very nice bench roll for Stevenson. I think if you try and make the Buxton thing work, you're actually going to cause some confusion as to what he should be doing and. The last thing is, when he has played, he's been a strikeout machine. Yep. I would only consider him – I'm okay with him on the roster if if it makes sense. Like, I mean, this is where – it sounds crazy again, but Andrew Stevenson is going to maybe get you a stolen base or score from second or first late in a playoff game. If, if, if you think Buxton can fulfill that role and maybe be a guy that could hit a three-run bomb off the bench in the seventh round, because I'd rather have Buxton at the plate, even in his current condition, than Stevenson. But I think I'd rather have Stevenson on the base pass or playing center field even if you have to shuffle Michael Taylor out for a better hitter or whatever it is, right? So I'm not against having him on the roster, but I think there's so many other things to prioritize before Buxton. If if Royce can't go, so... You know, he's going to or he started to uh, try to give the hamstring a shot. Now, let's just say he can't go and they get to Tuesday. And I I believe that the if I'm not mistaken, the roster, the 26 man roster for the playoff, the first round has to be submitted Tuesday morning. If Lewis Mm -hmm. cannot play, do you try and get Buxton in? I do. Does that change your answer? It does. Uh, But I also I I don't know that I start Julian in the field. I think Julian is my D.H., and then I have Polanco at second. I have Correa, assuming he's active at short. And then, like, maybe Kyle Farmer is my third baseman. Or s- I don't think I put Julian in the field if Royce Lewis isn't out there. I have Buxton as a bench bat. I need a net. Like, th- that's the problem. If Royce is you. out, I'm looking for a guy that can hit a two-run homer in the seventh inning. And I if Buxton you. needs to spend an hour in the cage getting loose and ready to make that happen, do whatever you got to do. So here's my fear. Uh, if, if Royce... Can't go, and I know it's trending well now, but it, it's a hamstring, so so like he's got to he's got to test it. Yeah. Um. So if Royce can't go, here's my fear. My fear is they then activate Buxton, they DH Buxton, and they put Polanco at third. Polanco has played third pretty quietly twice on this homestand, including last night, and he makes some plays there. And I'm not saying it's a disaster. I feel like it's tempting fate, though. In a playoff game where every little piece of minutia is important, I feel Polanco at third tempts fate. Like, I get yeah, the I bats agree. being in there, but for just from a fielding standpoint, he throws like a second baseman. He is a, he's a very good second baseman, but I just I think trying to get him to play third base in the pressure of a playoff game where there's just everything is magnified yep. play, makes play me nervous. Second. Play second. Correa yep. and Polanco up the middle and then kind of, you know, and yep. Julian, Julian's the DH. He's the DH. Mm-hmm. Um, another piece of news from yesterday. So we now have confirmation. Pablo Lopez is the game one starter on Tuesday and Sonny Gray will be the game two starter on Wednesday. 
a couple of really good options. If if things go south for Pablo Lopez and the Twins lose game one, you got maybe a top three, top five Cy Young candidate in Sonny Gray having one of the best seasons of his career coming in for game number two. And uh, Mitch Johnson asks this question here, a little, little feedback Friday on a Thursday for you guys. You can always hit us up, by the way, the Scornorth YouTube channel comments on the Twin Show episodes and then uh, the feedback tab on the Scornorth app. Great places to send your comments, your takes. If you have a hot take like Declan did earlier this week, you know, fire away. Mitch says, if the Twins win a playoff game with Pablo Lopez as the starting pitcher, whether he gets the win or not, but like just a game in which he starts, is it justifiable to say that the Lopez-Arise trade was a success and actually worked better for the Twins, or are there other factors that say the trade is still too early to tell and that there might be some dismay at the trade? I think this this conversation to me is so much deeper than than that. First of all, I think both teams won. So, like, I don't think that there is a if, – if you were to rank this trade, I don't think that you would put a check by the Marlins or a check by the Twins and be like, the other team got screwed. I think both, both teams won. And I think that we on this show from day one have had this conversation, okay? The negative of the trade is that Derek Falvey was hired as a pitching – whisperer a pitching expert who was going to draft pitching and they were going to develop a homegrown by now a homegrown rotation so you wouldn't have to trade guys so like Luis Arias could be capitalized on because you've got you know three arms right well that has not taken place but the Lopez trade like I don't see it as as this clear win loss I see it as I'm a little bit or I'm not a little bit. I am surprised that Twins have had to go this route this substantially to acquire pitching from outside when I thought that the guys coming to the Twins on the inside in Falvey was the guy who was going to find arms. But as far as the trade goes, just to be very, very clear here, Derek Falvey's deadline deals for the most part have not been good. Derek Falvey's offseason trades, especially for pitching, and and the dump trade of uh, of Nelson Cruz to the Rays, for Joe Ryan, which came in, I believe, at the deadline, have been very good. So Gray's been a, night, a great find. Lopez has been outstanding. And Ryan, Maeda too. So this has never been about this like clear black and white, twins win, twins lose the trade. This is about the um, the fact that it is disappointing that the Twins have not developed more pitching with guys that we thought sort of had the Cleveland formula. Dex? I mean, yeah, both teams won the trade. And when you're, I mean, we come up with fun, crazy, mostly reckless trade ideas all the time. But in reality, when you have to make a trade like this, you have to trade from either a position of strength or a position that's expendable. Right, like you can replace it, or you can, you're better off without him, and that's the avenue that Falvey had to choose to get Pablo Lopez here. He had to trade a batting champion, but a guy who really doesn't fit with the glove, and really a guy who's mostly a—I don't mean to call him a singles hitter, but a guy who doesn't have a lot of pop. And they figured that their rest of their lineup can still be okay without a batting champion in it, and that's what—that's the path they chose. I think it's worked out great for the great for the Twins. It's clearly worked out well for the Marlins. They're probably going to be postseason bound too, which is cool to see. But that's the parameter that they had to deal with going into this trade. Yeah, I th- it kind of reminds me now, now that we've seen a full season play out. We've seen the value of Pablo Lopez, and and then we've seen Luis Arise's replacement come in, Edward Julian, and be excellent. I mean, he's 
one of the best rookies in the entire league. It reminds me a little bit of 20 years ago now. It's not, it wasn't quite this level of fleecing, but uh, the Twins traded A.J. Pierzynski to the San Francisco Giants because they needed, they needed pitching. So they traded A.J. because at the time it was like they had Johan Santana kind of coming up as a starter. Brad Radke was on the way out. He like he had a couple years left in him, but they were literally using like Rick Reed and Kenny Rogers and these old guys. They needed some pitching. Yep. So they traded A.J. Pierzynski. They wind up getting Francisco Liriano. Joe Nathan right away became one of the best closers in baseball. And then Booth Bonzer was a rotation guy for a couple of years. So you actually, you, got, you actually got a ton. But the biggest thing was you replaced A.J. Pierzynski with Joe Maurer. So you and Joe Maurer went on to be possibly a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying Julian's a Hall of Famer, but the but the principle is the same where you're going to trade from a position of strength because you think you have a young guy coming up that can just step right in and get a major league ready pitcher and then the guy that steps in doesn't miss a beat. He's just awesome. Now Maurer actually got hurt in the first month of the 04 season and Henry Blanco. Henry Blanco took over and uh, the Twins went to the playoffs. So um from that perspective, and by the way, statistically, if you want to look at wins above replacement, Pablo Lopez worth four and a half wins above replacement this year. Luis Arias, three and a half. So it's a pitcher versus a hitter, and there's other factors that go in here. But, okay, Arias compared to Julian. Arias has an 860 OPS. Julian, 832 OPS. You're not even, like, dropping off that much when you start to compare, like, the on-base and yeah. the slugging that Julian brings. So it, it it worked out really well for the Twins. I still feel a little bit the same way Judd does, which is, well, if you had done a better job over seven years developing internal pitching, you wouldn't have to trade. But at some point, you would have had to trade one of these middle infielders anyways. Can right. you imagine right now if you had... The, it would be a, a a pile of riches if you had Carlos Correa, Luis Arise, uh you had um, Jorge Polanco, Edward Julian, Brooks Lee, Royce Lewis, like all these dudes are shortstops and second baseman. You would have had to trade one for a pitcher at some point anyways. It just so happened to be a rise at the beginning of the year. The next rule change in baseball, two DHs, one for the pitcher and one for, for the slappy that can't hit. Can you imagine? Like, like you know, and he's hit a, a bunch of home runs, so he's been somewhat productive. But can you imagine, like, if, uh, if a rise could have DH'd for – Michael A. Taylor, for instance, like wow. if you want to get that bat. So now you've got a rise because there's because I, I mean, that's the one problem is the position thing. Um, it also like before people get too excited too, you know, if Tyler Malley or Chris Paddock hadn't gotten hurt and in Paddock's case, uh, you also then probably have have more pitching. So you might not have to make the, these trades. Yeah. But but Lopez was obtained was then pretty much after, what, three starts, four starts, signed to an extension. So, I mean, that's going to go down as a good trade. Yep. Like, he's we're been, not going to be like, oh, rock solid. yeah, yeah. And plus he's, I, I mean, plus I, I like the fact, too, that that Gray and Lopez definitive, definitively want the baseball and, like, can pitch through trouble. I feel like that's been a, a shortcoming of recent twins teams that when some starters got in trouble, it's like, Oh, okay. Game's over. Or Brios would get a little bit that way. Brios would get, would get that way. Yeah. And Brios would be lights out and he was fantastic, but yeah, he'd start to struggle and it would be like, he'd sort of start to melt down. Yeah. Uh, gray and gray and Lopez definitely struggle at times, but I don't think they melt down. They yeah, 
Lopez also is having one of the best strikeout seasons on a on a strike strikeouts per nine yep. basis of any twin starter in history. Yeah. So he he can go out there and if he puts a couple guys on base, he can get a big strikeout. So if, yes, if it's worked. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's a good question though. Good question mm-hmm. from. Uh, hey boys, the Twins are on the grid today. Twins are on the grid. We have confirmed Twins on the grid. I was told I'll like the grid too, which I'm very excited. I have not peaked. No peak. Um, I yeah, and I I'm I'm gonna uh, un, or Declan's gonna unveil it for me as well. I just know that the Twins are on the grid here with you. So uh, before we get to the Immaculate Grid, a shout out to our friends at Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden. It's tailgating season here. You know, there's a little crisp in the air. And if you want to get into tailgating season in style, Fratelloni's is one of the largest Weber dealers in the state. They're here to help you kick off tailgating season with a brand new Weber grill. This on the YouTube channel is exclusive footage of Declan's kebabs. Mm. That's right. Show us your kebabs on that Weber grill. Wings, steak, kebabs, burgers, all sorts of fun things you could put on a Weber grill. If you go to scorenorth.com and enter the keyword Weber, you can find out more information. And uh, Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden has more than 20 metro locations for you to stop in at and see some of these glorious grilling machines. All right, boys. Twins are on the grid. Let's put eight minutes on the clock here just for some parameters, just to keep us in line. We're looking to go nine for nine. That's how we stay immaculate. Oh, look at this. It's like every team with red in its logo apparently is on this. Loving him is red. And because the Twins are on the grid, I think we can go for a rarity score here, boys. Let's see how much damage we can do with the rarity score. So we're looking for a Twin who was once a Red, a Twin who was once a Ranger. Oh, man, there's so many names popping in here. A Twin who was once an Angel, a Red who was a Brave, and a Red who struck out 200 in a season. Yep. A Ranger who was a Brave, and a Ranger who struck out 200 in a season. And then an angel who was a brave and an angel who struck out 200 in a season. Eight minutes on the clock. Here we go. Start with reds. Sure. Um, who was the... Um, remember when uh, Jason Bartlett took over for uh, a shortstop in the Castro. Piranha season? Juan yeah, Castro. Castro. Yep. Juan Castro was a red. Okay. Yep. Here's another one for you. This is more Judd's era, but... John Smiley was a red. Out. John Smiley went from the Twins to the Reds in the... Mm-hmm. That was the big acquisition We've in done that one before. We've done that A's. one before. We've done that one before, and I want to say the rarity on that one was not as good as we thought it was going to be. Okay. Okay. Kyle Juan Loesch, Castro is probably pretty rare. Kyle Loesch also works for both these squares. He finished for, with Texas. Yeah, old school... Um, Loesch. Old school for Texas and the Twins, we've got... We've got Roy Smalley. We've got Blyla. Look at that, Phil. 0.2%. 0.2. We did it. Oh, my nice. God. Let's mm-hmm. go. Let's we've go. Got, we, we've got Bly, uh, Levin. We've got Smalley. We've got Loesch. Kenny Rogers. You just mentioned Kenny Rogers. Yep. That might be yep. Kenny player. Rogers. All right. Here's another. Texas three times. Mm-hmm. Another obscure one. I mentioned him earlier this week or last week. We were talking about. It was Monday. We were talking about champagne celebrations. And and I brought oh, up I you know, f- funniest guys that have been celebrating in a oh. clubhouse, and Phil Nevin was one. I just Phil Nevin one. also played for the Rangers and the Angels. Oh. I just got one. I just got one that came to mind. For what? Pat P- Pat for Ranger twin Pat Putnam. Pat Putnam. Oh my God. Pat I, Putnam. I, that sounds good to me. If you're 
I'm positive. Pat Putnam? Oh, come on. Rangers and Twins. I'm just making sure here. Yep, yep. Okay. Oh, my God. Point Point zero four. Look at this guy. Pat Pat Putnam. (laughs) (laughs) Judd Zolgad coming in off the top rope. 84? All right. Who did you say, Phil? So for... So Phil... Phil Nevin, Nevin is is a little bit like Edwin Jackson. I know he played for Cubs, Twins, Padres, Rangers, Angels. Okay. Okay. Um, how so he so played? The, I know he played for the Angels, but are there other players that? So the Twins and a- Angels back in the late seventies, early eighties had like oh a pipeline. Had a like, player like, exchange. Are you going to pull another like Pat cr- Putnam on us right now? Like the crew trade and all of that. Rob Wilfong. <laughs> And you're certain he played for both teams? He wasn't just a pass through. No, no, no. He was. He played second base for both teams. Rob, Rob Wilfong. W. Oh my. Darius. Wilfong. I'm, this I'm is, you're just making this. names up, dude. This I'm positive is amazing. About this. Point three. Point three. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. Another name I would have been curious about there is Ramon Ortiz. Uh, I was going to say like, Phil Brian Fuentes. Brian Fuentes. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Ricky uh, Nolasco. Hey, we got also. Multiple twins options here. So Bartolo would work, I believe, for both of these squares. Mm. Now, 200 strikeouts. I believe Irvin Santana did that yeah. with the Angels. I believe so, too. But um, that's, well, let's hold off on that. But that's that's in our back pocket. But A.J. Pierzynski for Braves and Rangers. I bounced around. Um, and there's probably let's other Let's use A.J. Too. AJ let's here. use A.J. One. One percent. Let's go. Oh, this is... so Bartolo played for both these teams, too. Bartolo played for both teams. For for Braves and uh, Angels? Well, definitely Angels, right? Didn't he win a Cy Young Award with the Angels? Yeah, he won with Cy Young with the Angels. Braves, I'm uh, I'm pretty sure he played for the Braves. Let's mark it down. We're not in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. hate to hear pretty. I like it. Okay, Braves and Angels. I'm just writing some names down here. Bartolo Colon, Irvin Santana... Um, so we're, we're looking for, for the audio audience, we're looking for a brave who was a red and a brave who was an angel. And then we'll get to the 200 strikeout stuff. And we're well, trying to think of former twins that crossed through. Didn't Bartolo. So I'm sorry, Bart, Bartolo pitched before when he was awesome. He pitched for the, the guardians yep. and the angels, right? Those were his like first two teams, his main teams. And, and didn't a, he win a Cy Young. He, he wasn't a huge strikeout guy though. So I don't know about the two K's. No, he came to the Twins from the the Angels put him uh the excuse me, the Braves put him on waivers. The Twins claimed him in 2017. Okay. I'm certain of this now. Okay. I'm Let's certain use of this. Let's okay. use him. Bartolo. Bartolo Cologne. 5. 5%. Beautiful. All right. Five. All right. Beautiful. All right. All right. All right. Hey. Well, Phil, question for you. Deion Sanders for uh, Red who was a yeah. uh, Brave? Yeah. Yeah. But, wait. Question though, did Kerry Lightenberg pitch for the Reds? Oh, or 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 I was it just the Braves? I mean, for I sure Braves. For, for sure, sure Braves. Braves. Right, right, right. Ah, oh. I'm not saying I'm positive of that by by Love any means. Kerry. I mean, it's great guy. It's a legit Those question. Mutton chops. Yep, it's good. He's a good out of the bullpen. Great dude. Real good. Lightenberg. Let's if we want to show but, off at but, the end. Why do you think the Reds? Sure. What you just have a vision? Or I, I just yeah, but it, it's a vision. It it it's cloudy. It might be very cloudy. Okay. So if you guys don't recall it, let's not do it. Okay. Let's think on some of these 200 strikeout guys. 
So Reds, uh, who was uh, – oh, Judd, 90s. Uh, Jose – Rio? Jose Rio. Okay. I was going to say Cueto, but if you guys I'm are confident guys, with I'm, Rio – I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm shaking on these categories. I'm okay, shaking. But, but, but let's, let's – Let's no, not we ignore need, it. We need, big, we need big arms. Are you just yeah. quitting? Are you done? You no. Got, you oh, got no, Pat no, no. Putman in I'm and saying, you're just like, good. Ho- Jose Rio, that's my strength. That's my okay. wheelhouse as players. You're just judge just quitting I'm not the grid. quitting. I'm not quitting. I'm just saying You're trying Jose to avoid Rio fault, was Kirk. a very trying good to avoid fault, Yes, huh? I don't want fault here because I've screwed us up on this before. I think we should be aggressive here. We have a chance for like all right. an all-time rarity score. All right. That's cool. So we're just writing some names down here. Jose Rio. He was you know, very good. You know who else was a good pitcher for the Reds? Two, two guys. Okay, Tom Browning. Tom Browning was a good pitcher, but I don't know if he's a 200 strikeout guy. Two other names. Um, Tom Seaver. Okay. I'm already named Tom. <laughs> Sorry. Tom Seaver. Now I don't know the answer. Corey Lytle had a couple good seasons oh, with the Reds. The late Corey Lytle. He crashed his plane in, into a building. Jesus. I don't know if he got to 200. I feel in like Manhattan. he did. I feel like he got close one year. I think. Yeah. Rangers. Nolan Ryan, obviously. Yeah. That's, a big, that's an obvious one. Bly Levin get to 200 there? He was a big strikeout guy. Yeah. And that was, he was traded in, like, I think the summer of 76. And pitched for him to, like, 77, seven, no, 78, I think. And, and then went to Pittsburgh. Man. We got a bunch of names here. Let's, bunch of names. I Let's fire Irvin Santana for Angels. Okay. I'm Fire. with you on this one. I, my question would be rarity score. Is it too, too obvious? Well, I think you're right. I mean, he, he was a, he was a horse man, two two percent, yes. yeah. Yes, my my guess is the Angels and Rangers top guy in both cases will, will be Nolan Ryan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he pitched for both. By teams. the way, we also have in terms of immaculate, we are currently six for six on former Twins right now. Oh yeah, could we pull this off using only Twins players? Burp Lylevin as the Ranger. Oh God, that'd be. This would be insane if we could do oh. it. How confident, Jeff? This is, we weren't even alive, man. This is the seventies. Well, he struck Bert, out. Bert's a lot. one of the biggest strikeout um, guys in yeah. Major League history, I, and pitched a ton of innings. Okay. So Cole Hamels finished with the Rangers, and he still had some gas in the tank. Cole Hamels is a backup plan. Okay. It's a backup plan. Yeah. Yeah. Was Cole still? He was still fine um, with the Rangers. How, how about um, <laughs> did Roy Oswald pitch for the Rangers? Yes, 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 he did. Yes, he did. Oh boy! The problem with like the newer pitchers is they didn't pitch right. Exactly. Oftentimes they wouldn't pitch enough innings, or they got hurt for like a month, and they and there's no way they would reach 200 strikeouts if they aren't pitching enough. That's why I kind of like Blylevin because it's the '70s, man. Like he probably made 38 starts, or pitching eight innings every single game. I think. What about a brave who was a red? Yes. You said Dion. Um, Dion's the Dion's going to be Dion's going to be number one. He'll be. Oh, very high. I don't know if he'll be one, but he'll probably be in the 10 to 20 range. <laughs> this is great. Oh, Ooh, this, is um, grind. this is a grind, man. This Gerald is a grind. Cheney? Did Gerald Cheney put I got to get to Wolves on. Media Day at some point here, too, but I, I'm I'm in here with you guys. Yeah, dude, come on. Oh. Priority straight. Uh, yeah. 
Rosario go to the Reds? That also might be high. Eddie Rosario, Ooh. he was Guardians. Yeah. Guardians Brave. Yeah, oh. he he didn't go to the Reds. Who's an old schooler who might have gone from here to the the Reds and Braves? I'm trying to think of twins and Braves connections. I can't Did think Mark of Mark Wollers go to the Reds? He might have. Did where where did the twins here here's an obscure one. Where did the twins get Adrianza from? Harry Adrianza. Um, yeah, because because he, he then was a Giants? brave after Giants. Oh, okay. All right. So Giants. Uh, he was yeah. Giants. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Any any catchers? The Henry Blanc. Damn, did dude. Henry Blanco go to the Reds? Uh, I, don't I don't think so. I, I'm pretty sure he did not because I just looked at that list a couple days ago. All right. I. This is I, this I, is I, tense because we're. We have yeah, an all-time rarity score going right now, boys. It's I, literally like eight oh, percent. I do not know. What I, I don't want to be wrong on 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 this part. I'm willing to bet <laughs> that that Phil's right on Bert. Okay, just... here here are the names we have. We have for Rangers. We've got Bert. We've got Roy Oswalt, Cole Hamels, Nolan, Nolan Ryan. Ryan, Kenny Rogers. I don't know that Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers was damn good early in his career, but he was not a big strikeouts guy. He's an all star, I think. Those guys are like those guys are dangerous, man. Because yeah, he he threw a lot of innings at like a five strikeouts per nine or eight, which means he'd have to throw four hundred innings. He didn't throw that many innings. Oswald was a big strikeout guy. Bly Levin was a big strikeout guy. Gun to the head, I would say Bly Levin. How many years was he in Texas, Judd? Summer of 76, 77, 78, two plus years. So we only have two cracks at it. Yep, because in 79, he was a pirate on the I vote, family team. I vote Oswald or Hamels. All right. I mean, if, if you're right, they're both not going to be huge scores, right? That's the thing about Bly Levin. Bly Levin would be low, would be a very low rarity score, but, you know. But I'm I, Judd's completely reclusing, re, recusing himself from. Yeah, this whole well, I'm being reclusive right now because I've been burned. I, I have burned this before. I try Cole. Well, you dude, you're, about, you're about to pull. You're going. You're going rogue on this because right. I am not confident in this. So. Okay. Okay, we got to try somebody. Yep. Go ahead. No, I mean if if. If Declan's more confident in Cole Hamels than the rest of us are, in I like how this else, team is falling apart. Our, our team, we're, we're on the verge of greatness, and we're just falling apart. Six percent on Cole Hamels. Okay, yeah, see, nice Good job. job, Dex. Good job, Dex. Nice job. All right, so you said Rio. Can I look up Burt Blylevin just for fun? Yeah, yeah. He's not, we're not going to use him here. Okay, Jose Rio. I said Cueto. Cueto did it. Cueto did it, but it's might be high. It's going to be the biggest score. Might be high. I'm just looking at Burt here. Uh, Bert did not, so I would have been wrong. Oh. Bert, 182. See, so there it is. You dodged. You dodged a bullet. That's why I. That's why I recuse myself. <laughs> Cincinnati and Atlanta. I'm just gonna think on this one. Okay, We're, for 200 strikeout pitchers for Cincinnati, Johnny Cueto, Jose Rio, Tom Browning, Tom Seaver, Judd mentioned, Corey Lytle. What about Edinson Volquez? Oh, interesting. Shortstops. 
Remember that guy? I wonder if Matt Latos did it. They had, I mean, those Reds teams in the early 10s oh, no. had some horses. They did. Oh, Edinson wow. Volquez actually might be my new favorite here. <laughs> We're just going to sit here all day. This is amazing. I'm trying to think of Bra- <laughs> I'm, like I'm trying to think of more. Minutes into this. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of more rare uh, Braves and Reds. Um, I mean, there's got to be. Uh, you know who who was that guy? Uh, Jordan, uh, the '90s outfielder, Brian Jordan. Um, Brian played Jordan for Car- played for the Cardinals. Cardinals, right? not Reds. Okay. Not the Reds. I think, I think Aaron Harang. The- Ray Langford. Ray Langford. Didn't Ray Langford play for the Braves? Ooh. No, he played for the Cardinals, but then he he played for one of those. I don't know. He played for both those teams. Oh, okay, he played for he, the Reds. He was a Cardinal sure center Reds. fielder, and yeah, I think he did play for one for one of those teams. Aaron Harang spent the majority with Cincy, but I think he also bounced to Atlanta. Aaron Harang. Aaron Harang. Yeah, that'd, that'd be super low. There's got to be a pitcher like that. That's yeah. Did um did in any of the nasty boys ever surface Norm, in Atlanta? Norm Charlton, Jeff was Jeff. Nelson. Did Randy Myers surface in Atlanta? I don't. He definitely remember. he he definitely started with the Reds. He was a Cub. He bounced around because mm-hmm. yeah, the nasty boys were Charlton Myers and Dibble. Mm-hmm. John Rocker. John Rocker ever pitched for the Reds? Yeah, that's a great, that's a that's one of those coming to my mind. Did, man. I mean, we could actually couldn't we add Harang to two hundred strikeouts even? He like he's one. He I put nasty. Harang, Lytle, Latos. They're all like uh, between one hundred eighty and two hundred ten strikeouts. So well, I'm gonna keep thinking about. <laughs> I'm gonna keep thinking on Reds and Braves. How? What about Kerry Leitenberg, man? What do you think? Not for two hundred strikeouts, no, I but <laughs> I know that. For a red and a and a brave. Oh my god, it's a great one. We're now we're gun shy. We're sitting here. We got 11, 12, 13, shy We have a rarity score under fifteen percent right and now. And Blylevin was wrong. See, I'm gun shy. I threw out his name and it was wrong. Mm-hmm. I vote either harangue for here, or if we do harangue, or we do harangue here and Johnny Cueto. I think harangue. I think harangue sounds. Mark Wallers ever pitched for the? I don't think. I don't know about Mark Wallers. Okay. Harangue for which square? Well, I don't remember him playing for the Braves. I just remember him playing for the, and for sure. the Reds. And we have Dion, sure. I guess. Dion and... Was the we could go Dion and Cueto and be done. All right. If you want. Should we, let's, let's put Dion in. Let's put Dion in and see. On, I not prefer on to be immaculate than, than wrong, because our score is going to be low no matter what. This will be like 50%, but... 16. Oh, 16%. Oh, that's okay. not bad. That's not bad at all. Not bad. And then a red with 200 strikeouts. We've named 10 options here. Johnny Cueto is a sure thing. But it'd be fun to get it. I, I would say, like, the second guy I'm most confident in is Edinson Volquez. But Dexter, if there's another name on that, Matt Latos is a really interesting one. That dude. That dude. I feel good with good Cueto shot. and Harang. I think Harang even, like, dabbled with the Cy Young and was a strikeout machine. All right. Pre-Cueto, that era, like mid two. Harang was a very, very good pitcher. A very good pitcher. Okay. okay. Yep. Harang would trigger. be more would be more rare for sure than Cueto. So, all right. All right, here Pull we go. Trigger. Pull here the trigger. Pull the trigger. Bang. There it is. All right, 35. 35. That's awesome. You get five. Five percent? <laughs> so 16% on one guy. 20 minutes on the Immaculate Crib. That was oh awesome. Oh, my God. Edit. Okay, I'm, let's I'm see. Now i got to see. Oh, Shohei. 
Shohei is number one for two. Yeah, there's a lot of twins on here, actually. One, two, three, four. (laughs) Andrelton. Yeah, Tori Hunter. Oh, Coito is 31. Yeah, that's high. That's too high. Yeah, it's too high. Good thing went harangue. Edinson Volquez would have worked. Yeah, he would have worked for strikeouts. 206 strikeouts in 2035. Is that our new record? Do we have. It, that's definitely the what, best that we've done score? collectively. Yeah. Last week when Phil was out, Declan. Oh, he, I think he pulled like a 55 or 60, which was pretty good. Okay. I think. You know what? Corey Lytle might have. Uh, he was a Philly, wasn't he? How did he pitch for the Reds? No, he did pitch for the Reds. All right. But he did not get 200 strikeouts with the Reds. Burt so. Blylevin only Woof. had two. Oh, no, no. Okay. He led the league in 85. Damn. All right, boys. Uh, old Macadac's got to get his way down to the Target Center here for a little scooter. Wolves Media Day here. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, there it is—the score on our twin show. We are immaculate. Yes, even though it took us a half yeah. hour to make. Even that though happen. you all tuned out, <laughs> we nailed it. See you guys tomorrow. <laughs>